This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Ropes, Jeff Hawkins, Chris Novembrino. My, what an interesting Friday we have had uh, from yesterday. Uh, but <laughs> first, some 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 personal stuff going around for us. Uh, I'm going to turn down this mic a little because I'm spiking. Uh, so last weekend of July, that show is going to be. We haven't done this in a long time. The Ask Us Anything show i am going on a bit of a vacation so i want to put one in the can any questions wrestling pop culture i'd stay away from politics but maybe if you want to do a political question we might dig into that but if you're gonna do a political question here let's put some parameters on this like yes please no no really not none of the guy with the bad hair who used to be president like no questions about that guy i i we're not saying the t word on the show so if there is something <laughs> if there is something that's like not about that guy the current president or who do you think is going to run in 2024 like if well, we can stuff- always just say no politics we just say no politics just pop cult music well, no, we like have if, the, interest. If, if there's an issue or a thing that someone's interested in i'm happy to feel okay. that if you're looking for granular news of the week there's don't worry about the government but yes. but yeah yeah i i i don't want to make it entirely off limits because i know there'll be at least a couple of questions that maybe people do want to hear us kick around but we're not going to devolve into doing crossfire either well last last time i did this it was all wrestling questions and i was kind of disappointed because it's just like hey what do you think's gonna happen with alexa bliss and i just went <laughs> okay that's, that's, that's the other be- reason why i want to open this up is that some of these plots are pretty <laughs> shallow Hawkins, and we need to leave ourselves some leeway here to talk yeah no that, that, that's very true i i am also the bacon 30 days of bacon is over uh with an explanation so starting around late Monday, early Tuesday, I started uh, having the room spin whenever I was getting up. And so I thought it might be uh, hypoglycemia of some kind, something having to do with blood sugar, something to that effect. Um, so I went back on a regular diet, but then it got really bad. I went to the gym, tried to do some bench pressing, sat up. And uh, whew, the roulette wheel goes round and round. <laughs> I'm just holding on for dear life. Uh, I have some medications I'll be picking up after the show. Uh, apparently, I probably have an inner ear infection of some kind. Going to get some steroids. Going to see what happens there. And uh, hopefully get better. So, yeah, I lost 10 pounds eating bacon. And now I'm probably going to gain it all back eating normal stuff. But as long as I can exercise a little bit harder, which has also been part of the problem with the lightheadedness and stuff, I think I'll be okay. But uh, yeah, so there's that. How was your week, Chris? Before I get into my rants. Pretty, pretty (laughs) good. Um, By and large, it was a good week of teaching, uh, kind of an interesting week with, with some personal interactions and that sort of thing. Uh, And I also got back into fitness here 
this week. Uh, my elliptical, which doubles as my coat rack, uh, went back to its primary <laughs> purpose of being an elliptical here uh, this week. And I uh, moved it back to the center of the room to force myself back into workout mode. Uh, and it's it's going okay. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, like, look, uh, I, I'm not, uh, you know, feeling like an old man on the elliptical or whatever. And, like, I've been using the same one for the better part of a decade. So I can kind of have, like, a decent sense of, like, what my fitness level is. It's about the same, which is either good or bad, depending on how you look at it. I have not taken some prodigious decline here uh, as of right now. Um, and, yeah, like, uh, I, I'm, I started working with a new singer this week. Um, so I actually uh, made a new song. Um, we took one of her old songs um, from an old producer that was kind of um, uh, needed help. Let's put it. it, it, it I, the song doctor needed to come in and fix this thing. And I, uh, I got to do some of my song doctoring work, uh, which was a lot of fun. Like we built the whole track up again from scratch. And um, it's I've done all my parts. It's now sent off to her to do vocals on. So that was cool. Yes. If I, if I, and I told Chris, if I happened to pass out during this show, uh, call for help. Finally, we can launch Shake Them No, people. I, I know. Look, the roar of the masses for Shake Them No, uh, which they, they chant secret, secret, secret. Uh, that's, that's what the people call me, Hawkins. They call me secret. Uh, uh, we are sponsored this week by MyBookie and Manscaped. More from them a little bit later, but starting off with heartbreak, tragedy, I am I am apoplectic. I am inconsolable, Chris. Bailey, out nine months with a torn ACL. <laughs> we'll talk about how these details leaked out because we need to talk to some of our friends in wrestling media about reporting stories on people and, and how to do it. Uh, but according to our friend Sean Ross Sapp over at Fightful, we are told the Bailey injury happened during the mandatory return to road training session at the WWE Performance Center while doing chain wrestling with another superstar. It was referred to as a freak accident. Now, there are ways to read this part, both with good intentions and with cynical McMahonisms in your head. Why does the woman who has been on three shows a week need to go to any kind of mandatory return to road training session. Now you can look at these as, Hey, we need to get house show style back in, you know, remind people that these matches are a little bit longer, a little bit less toll on your body, et cetera, et cetera. Or you can view it like in your office or something. This is the ropes course where we're all going to, we're all going to mutually suffer <laughs> before, before this is going to be a bonding exercise for all of us. And everybody's, and I'm going to be it. And Hey, you guys don't remember what the road was like. You kids are soft because of one TV taping a week, as opposed to four nights on the road. Like how I made my money type of thing. There are two ways to read that, Chris. Yeah. And the third one is also the weird nature of the ACL and the MCL, uh, biologically speaking, which is, these things can just go. Um, yes. it, it, yeah, ACLs and MCLs do go after wear and tear. So on one hand, when people want to talk about the mandatory training session as being uh, a bad thing that happened here, I agree. 
I'm not I'm not saying, oh, no, no, no. McMahon was absolutely right to want to have a mandatory training session, like especially not for some of these veterans kind of nuts. Um, but I can I can go both ways. I can go both because I think it's a good I think it's a natural good to say, hey, we're going to be doing a thing different now on the road. Some of you haven't been on the road. Let's come in here and review that if that's what they were doing. And I'm fine with that. But I, I think the other big issue here is given the nature of the ACL and the MCL, then we need to take a look at the actual training activities that she was being done. And if we take the reporting at face value that they were doing chain wrestling, which is fairly low impact, fairly low. It's not like they were training for a money in the bank ladder match or like, you know, Bailey was practicing table like Pratt Falls and blew out her ACL or MCL. This is stuff that I mean, it, it sounds unlikely, but it does happen. We see it. She could have been in the ring at some point and blown out her ACL yes. and, 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 on an absolutely routine thing. The thing with the ACL and the MCL is that when those go, they just go. Um, and there's no way to like kind of wind it back. There's not a great way to maintain them or heal them or anything like that. That's the big problem. It's a bit of a ticking time bomb. Yeah, you're going a little in and out of the mic there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to make sure. I, I was reading it a little. Yeah. No, quite all right. I'll, I'll get into that in a second because the chain wrestling drew my skepticism thing in, in my head a little bit. And I'll tell you I'll tell you why. In a right, wait, are we but, saying that we think the chain wrestling part of this is BS? I'm not I didn't, I'm not going to accuse them of that because they're, it's very possible. But it was just one of those things where I read that. I go, all right. Which women on the roster are doing chain wrestling with Bailey unless Bailey's the one teaching the chain wrestling? Is she doing chain wrestling with Liv Morgan or Carmella or, you know? <laughs> well, if there was ever a thing that they need to practice on this roster. Yes, I, I get that. But at the same time, that's not the that's not the women's style as chain wrestling. So it was one of those things where I went, really? Chain wrestling, huh? Hmm. But... It, it, <laughs> News outlets, and for some of you junior, I know some people from other sites listen to this. You can wait to give the scoop until you have information. Because here's how it came out originally, Chris. That Bailey suffered a training accident, will be out approximately nine months. Now, there was no mention of these mandatory training sessions at the time. There was no mention of any body part that was hurt. Training accident, approximately nine months, female talent. Yeah, my mind jumped there. And there were people who, who went, Jeff, how can you think that? She just broke up with her boyfriend. And I'm thinking, Chris, we're all adults here. We have all known people who have gotten out of long-term relationships. And then just, there, there's one of two ways to go usually. It's usually, I don't want to see anybody. I want to see everybody <laughs> and I was like and I I didn't I did not accuse well, another way of thinking about this Hawkins is that like sometimes relationships end and then like the two are still uh hooking up after the fact too so That's like the, the idea of oh they just had a breakup that does that actually <laughs> does not logically follow that they're done Nick, having sexual encounters Nick, with each Nick other Cannon just had three kids in the span of three weeks uh with two different women <laughs> but you know it was just one of those things where it's like okay there's no body part that was said i mean i know she does the crossfit stuff so that was in my head already too but it was just like training accident in quotes the training accident was also in quotes the first time i saw that which i go 
Well, that's a euphemism usually. That means, you know, that that's because uh, I had just watched Iron Man too. That's what they call that when the plane crashed. Oh, it was a training accident <laughs> type of thing. So my yeah, mind that's, went that's to like a government cover up sort yeah, that's of. that's a government <laughs> cover up type of thing. So my mind went there, and then it eventually came out. Yes, it was happening during a mandatory hit the road type thing, and her kneecap popped. And I just went, oh, well, why didn't we just wait until that to see what the accident was? And unless unless we want to get people, you know, thinking about things. That's, that's all I'm saying is don't let people jump to conclusions if you don't have to have them jump to conclusions. I'd much rather you be correct than first. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tragedy because if anybody – if anybody deserved that first crowd pop, it was Bailey. She carried this company on her back for the better part of 18 months. She didn't get a WrestleMania gig. She did. That's the thing that also just shocked the heck out of me. After the pandemic era was mostly over, her thanks was getting to do a couple of bad hosting segments on WrestleMania because the original plan, which I believe was Becky Lynch, could not be done. So they went with that. And now, you know, and again, said this every time, said this when Seth Rollins hurt his knee. Knees are funny things. Sometimes they come back stronger. Sometimes they're going to continue to buckle on you. And I hope she can come back from this stronger. She gave a nice little promo on SmackDown, kind of explaining things as a heel. But man, I don't know if I'd even have done that. I'd bring her back as a baby face nine months out. Let her grow the hair out again if you want to do the hugging thing or whatever. Just make her face Aunt Pam. But there's no way anybody's booing her when she comes back. It's going to be like Seth Rollins, right? Yeah, it's going to be very, very hard to force the issue of her as a heel. Especially because the other part of this is that there are not great baby faces right now in this division. Um, Bianca... I like Bianca as an in-ring talent, but Bianca as an on-screen presentation on the SmackDown brand is not a strong enough babyface brand or character that she wouldn't be in danger of having the crowd turn on her when Bailey showed back up. They don't they don't have that. Liv Morgan isn't going to be that for them. No, but they have brought up a few people this week. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, more from the SmackDown brand. Paul Heyman off of Talking Smack. Decision made last week. Do, do they want me to be interested in this program at all? Um, I like McAfee. Don't get me wrong. McAfee is perfectly good. Heyman is a master at wrestling style promo improv, where he's trying to get a character type of thing out of that other person. And he knows what he needs to bring as his character to get that out of that other person. You don't believe me. I'll give you an example. Go watch Apollo Cruz and his transformation into this heel character and what he was doing with that. He took a guy like that and made him his interactions across the board, including with the Roman building up Roman reigns, feuds were outstanding, but what he did for people on the mid card I don't think can be replicated by a Pat McAfee. No, because, and here's the other thing. They don't want to replicate it. I mean, I think part of, I I think they probably look at the stuff that we like with Heyman and look at it as a little bit of a, a wild hand that this guy's freelancing a little bit that you know, like, well, that wasn't scripted. Where did that come from? Like, like, and like, I think this isn't light and funny enough. (laughs) Yes. Or, well, I think the other thing too, is that, 
with the improvised lines or whatever, there is this real like control issue um, among the writers and then among Vince of, well, once they say it, now it's in the script and like we didn't get a final say so on this. Like they want to be able to put a stamp on literally every line that comes out of every wrestler's mouth. And Heyman's promo style isn't that. It's bullet points and goals. What is the goal of this interview? What are the bullet points we are trying to hit? Um, like those are the, and, and that's not what WWE is trying to do right now. Jonathan fat too, better known as Jimmy Uso. Oh, we got cats coming on. <laughs> was yeah, arrested near, that's Patricia. There's Yuffie. <laughs> was arrested near his home of Pensacola, Florida at 1035 on July 5th and charged with a DUI. Third time he's been arrested for DUI. Previous time resulted in being taken off the air from the end of July, 2019 until his return in January, 2020. Jimmy Uso back on TV on Friday. I get that you are innocent until proven guilty and that you should let the legal system sort itself out. But also, let's face it, he's probably, quote unquote, too important to the story to take off for a week, even though he's a red shirt. He's a glorified red shirt right now for Roman. This is like the most offensive thing about all of this to me. Which is, when Jimmy Uso was on the TV, it was, I didn't go, oh, wow, Vince is once again taking a morally gray stance on drinking. Or thinking about even, though it did pop into my head at some point, this weird meta tension that we're seeing here in WWE, but also with the Olympics and other things, about how drinking is treated one way, and how even the most cat problem drinking problem drinking yeah. like life-threatening problem drinking is treated one way a way where you get to go to work and casual smoking of marijuana um in your own house or whatever is some and wwe's had this problem too it is treated a completely different way um and that's not just true here that's true more broadly that was also sleeping out to me but the big thing that i go to is this is a company that fundamentally is so devoid of ideas and so in unable to think on their feet. And we've seen that time and again over the last 18 months that, of course, Jimmy Uso had to be on TV because they simply do not have the creative juice to figure out a way to quickly write off Jimmy Uso, even with 24 hours notice, even though he is an absolutely unessential character in this story, even though his character has been presented inconsistently throughout this story. And there have been real issues with motivation. And I think someone who actually took the time to watch all this, God help that person, um, would watch the Roman and Jay Uso part. I know. And, and me too. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> watch the Roman and Jay Uso part of this storyline. Uh, I'm talking about like a supercut. And, and they yeah. would watch the Roman and Jay Uso part of the supercut and go, that actually made some sense. I kind of liked Roman manipulating his, his younger cousin or whatever. And then they'd watch the Jimmy introduction and how Jimmy went from being Roman skeptical to being completely on board with La Familia. Uh, like like the, the, this zig and zag, it's not even good. It's not even good storytelling. Um, and yeah, no, I, I, I mean, like this, here's the last thing I want to say on this. Jimmy Uso needs to get help. He needs to go away from the business because the business does not work for him he needs to be in like a little safety bubble for the next four or five years a professional type of you know 
uh, and, and, not, and not a not an outpatient, an inpatient type of place where he's staying on grounds and they can monitor him. And he needs like he needs impatient for a while, and then he yeah. needs about three to four years of kind of a reclusive focus on your family lifestyle. Therapy, family time, take the kids to school, stay home. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not saying the guy shouldn't work ever again or whatever. I'm not like saying, oh, well, are you trying to make him broke? He's not broke, people. He's not broke. He's got the money to do this. There are so many people who have to WWE keep- will pay for it. There are so many people in this life. <laughs> who have to beat their head against the wall and keep going to the crappy Amazon job because it's the only way that their kid is going to get their medical bills paid. It's the only way their kid's going to go to college or whatever. Um, and, and those people have to suffer through it and, you know, sometimes use alcohol. And so they don't have the money to go to rehab, Hawkins. Uso does. Uso does. And, like, I, I, it baffles me that, like, it, the family and everyone else around him isn't just like, Jimmy, I don't want to be at your funeral in five years. And let's keep it real. With the way this guy is drinking and driving, it is a matter of time. It is a matter of – you cannot drink and drive at this level of frequency and expect to keep your body intact. His career will be over at some point because he'll be in an accident where he breaks his back, breaks his arms, breaks multiple bones – or his career will be over at some point because he drinks and drives and that's it. So like, yeah, no, I, I really wish that this had been taken more seriously. And it was depressing to see him on TV, but it's exactly what I expect from WWE. From what I know, and I will be corrected on this if I'm wrong, I'm sure in the DMs, uh, WWE will pay for any substance abuse. They have their own program they, they and they, they do that for alum as well. For, for people who are who used to work for the company, they will pay for you. You just have to want to take advantage of it. I believe they also have a service, a car service on an app that you can use to get someone to come drive you. Or something. I mean, and not just Uber and Lyft. Kinda late, they're kinda, they were kind of late to the party on, but I think you're right. I think I remember hearing that. Because I mean, for a long time, it used to really be like, just get yourself to the next town. <laughs> and, I, and I think this was done after his last DUI. <laughs> That's when that came in. Uh, more bad news, at least for me uh, on July 4th, I did sit down and do my annual screening of the 1989 great American bash. Terry funk now in an assisted living facility dealing with some dementia and other health problems. Keep that guy in your prayers. That dude's awesome. That's a guy I was late to the party on because his peak was before my fandom. Really? And then he had the old crazy middle-aged crazy comeback circa 89. I saw him in, in WWF when he was there with, they, they renamed Dory junior Haas and they added uh Jesse Barr, AKA or yeah, Jesse Barr, AKA Jimmy Jack funk and was kind of lame, although he was doing good work there, but it was a couple years. And then he came back into that 89 run with flair. And after that, man, I, I, I started to love that guy. And when he got to ECW and doing moonsaults and things like that, Japanese hardcore style, that guy has taken a toll on his body and has really, when his wife died, if you remember beyond the mat, how close he was with his wife on there and how much she took care of him. We, we did that review of, of, of beyond the mat. Uh, that was his world. So, uh, you know, 
any any thoughts on that or just too depressing to comprehend? I mean, like, God, man, I love Terry Funk. Uh, he, he, he has great working punches. Uh, he has a great match style. He had great matches with so many different people. It's kind of amazing to go through his career and you can really find great matches that he had in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and they're all different. He works so many different types of match styles. Um, he works great as a face. He works great as a heel. Uh, and I also, this week, uh, in a, a moment of synchronicity, I've been on a Beyond Belief marathon. I don't know if you remember <laughs> Beyond Belief. Yeah, I, yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> I, one thing I, I finally looked in, I was like, how did they decide some of these stories were fact? And it turns out that all of the fact stories are all taken from some weirdo pulp writer um in the <laughs> 1960s who like did firsthand testimonial interviews so even the ones that are true are probably bullshit um but there's one where terry funk stars as a wrestler who wrestles a dead man um he has a it's it's terry funk's last match and he's in the ring and he's wrestling this guy and the guy at the end of the match it's revealed he's been dead for 20 minutes let me ask you jeff did this really happen it, it might have because it, because the biggest piece of fiction there was that terry funk's last match uh, that man's never gonna have a last match he's had 12 retirements going in yeah i <laughs> I have nothing to say about wrestling dead men. I can't. There's nothing to say. So I will move on. Um, all out, selling out in minutes, which, when you look at this week's numbers, makes it very interesting because AEW had a pretty good week. 871,000, 422,000 in the demo. NXT, only 654,000 for the Great American Bash. Raw, all-time low, 1.47 million. That's even lower than like when Ross started or right around that. Really? WWE is in trouble. And I don't mean financially. I just mean in terms of interest. Viewership. In terms of yeah. Viewership. Who wants to watch this? Yeah. No, I, I mean, here, the, the, when we say they're in trouble, I, what Hawkins and I are talking about is 10 years from now, um, if they continue on this trajectory, they are going to be regularly turning in 900,000 views. Um, it, like it will be a slow, it, it, the, the last part of attrition is going to take longer than this first part, but they will be a sub 1 million product. Um, it, it is not wrestling is not cool. No one like insofar as wrestling is cool. Wrestling is retro wrestling is cool. No one is like modern wrestling that's on TV right now is cool with the exception of AEW who has a fan base, but that I also want to put I want to say is different than being cool. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin and Goldberg was cool. Like everyone knew who Goldberg was. Everyone mm -hmm. knew who Stone Cold was. AEW's got a fan base. And so I mean like we're we're going to go back and talk about all out. I mean I think that that's what you're seeing here is that they've got They've got a business model with a loyal, dedicated following that is a fairly decent-sized loyal, dedicated following, and that's a big enough loyal, dedicated following to sustain a nice mid-sized business. But yeah, they're not—they're not—they're not doing like the United. Yeah, they're not doing the United Center yet in Chicago, but they may have to think about it after this year because it sold out quick. Um, it is a destination pay-per-view in Chicago now. This is their. I don't know if it's their WrestleMania. It might be their Starcade. I think their WrestleMania might be all or double or nothing, but uh, we will see. Debuts this week. 
Oh, uh, on AEW, one Malachi Black, the former Tommy End, the former Alistair Black, SmackDown, uh, Shotzi Blackheart, aka Shotzi, Tegan Knox, now just known as Knox. What? What? A, what are they doing? Tegan Knox is money. What are you doing? And then coming soon. No, no. Wait, wait, are you trying to tell me that Knox is not a transcendental? Can't wait to see Knox main event the pay per view. A, a pretty woman named Knox. Knox <laughs> in the main event, world champion Knox. <laughs> I can't, but I can't believe that's the name that he hated. I would have thought Tegan. Tegan, you know, the one name crap that they do all the time. He'd have picked Tegan over Knox. But he'd probably watch it. Uh, sounds, sounds too much like that supermodel Chrissy Tegan. I don't like her on Twitter. <laughs> we're going to have to. <laughs> your, your name is out Knox. <laughs> and then I mean, coming... yeah, no, like, Knox is one of those kiss of death names. I, I mean. Yes. If... If I was her, I would earnestly be trying to fight this one. And I know, like, that sounds crazy, but, like, it is... I just did the experiment here. Imagine yourself saying, in the main event, Knox. And, and, <laughs> and, and if you can't do that, if you can't do that, or, I mean, any number of other things, that really does limit what this character is. Um, Tegan Knox could very easily, we were talking earlier how there's no great baby faces right now in, in this division. Tegan Knox could very easily fill that role, uh, building up to a very fun feud with a returning Bailey in nine months. Um, but Knox is not going to do that. Tegan is a happy, peppy name. Girl with the shiniest wizard, Tegan. Yes, I. Girl with the shiniest wizard, Knox. <laughs> oh, and, and the shiniest wizard thing. Did you hear the condescension dripping from Cole on yes. commentary? Yes, when he, he went had to full say he has the shiniest wizard. Full JR. Full JR on AEW there going condescending. I, I just. I, <laughs> and then coming soon, no favorite, Tony Storm. We'll see if she gets out of the coming soon vignette. <laughs> Because that's always been a danger, too. It's like they play these vignettes and then nothing. But, hey, we got three women to try and uh, try and replace Bailey. Shots, shots you knew was coming to the main roster with the tank. That's 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 the hook. Oh, I can make money with this. <laughs> she drives a tank to the ring. And if you kill her tank, then it gets heat. And yeah, that's and of course, Ember Moon is going to be left off because Ember's had her shot. And is now back there. But maybe now, maybe now we can rehabilitate her into the single star that she should be instead of tag team. I mean, that's the other thing, too. Tegan Knox as a throw in to Shotzi Blackheart as a tag team partner. Just, I mean, it felt very shoehorned. Like, yes. these two, they, they, it's not that they have no chemistry, but they don't have much. Well, it, it's that. And, uh, well, she's never been on SmackDown before. She was on there when they did the five-on-five five NXT versus SmackDown match for Survivor Series. She was one of the five that time two years ago. She's been on Smack. Oh, but, oh, wait, that was Tegan Knox. This is just Knox. Knox. Knox, <laughs> Knox, who's there? Ding Dong, hello. <laughs> See, there you go. You get a Ding Dong and Knox Knox. <laughs> 
Uh, as, as we go into, uh, do we want to continue just doing the main roster? Or do we want to go to AEW? Let's, let's no, get rid let's of the main do, roster. Let's do the main roster. Let's do the main roster here. Liv, Liv Morgan put into the Money in the Bank in a just a dreadful segment because Carmella is now going to be in the I Quit match versus Bianca Belair. That should be some fun watching one way or another. I, 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 I root for Carmella. I do. I don't know why. She seems ultimately likable to me off screen. So I, I try and root for her on screen. But who, but there's no ring general in that match like you had with Bailey. That's the problem here. No, Carmella has surprised though. I, I will yes. I'm with you. I'm with you that there's no ring general in this match. So it's gonna be kind of interesting to see. It'll be an interesting test of both Carmella and Bianca and kind of a sense of like where are these two in terms of ring IQ in that part of the game at this point? Um, and it's a, it's an opportunity we wouldn't have gotten to see otherwise. Look, I I think I am more up on Carmella than the average fan, just because like I think that she's a good heel. I think that especially when she rebranded into this package, not the Reggie Bechdel part of it, but like the actual <laughs> visual presentation. I thought that this this is a definite like level up of her character in the same way that Naomi coming up with the glow gimmick was an enhancement of her character from where it was. Um, it's it's just been unfortunate that after that first title shot against Sasha, um, Carmella never got the belt because like this is a gimmick that's really been floundering ever since Carmella came back and didn't get that first title run to really solidify the character. I mean, part of me kind of does hope that Mello wins only for that reason. Um, also because the Bianca storyline sort of like, I mean, especially now without Bailey, Bianca's just a dead entity. She's not Rhea Ripley, but she's not that far off either. More on the women's side of the ledger in a moment, but support for Shake Them Ropes is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code ROPES at manscaped.com. Now, Manscaped hooked us up with a bunch of tools and formulations from their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. They have created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. And we both now feel confident shaving our boys. In addition, the trimmer comes with an LED light with a more precise shave and is waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. The Manscaped Perfect Package, by the way, also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant moisturizer. Hey, you already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, yes, you, Chris, your balls stink. <laughs> Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I am thankful for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and stinking. Chris, very offended that I said his balls stink. But yeah, you know what? They don't. Little, they don't. Bit, no, 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 bit. they don't. They don't because you use Manscaped, Chris. And Manscaped also threw in two free gifts with their perfect package. Hence my umbrage. Hence my <laughs> unbelievable umbrage. Umbridge is a phenomenal word. A pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day and a travel shed bag to store all your grooming goodies. Get 20% off right now with free shipping. Use the code ROPES at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. 
Get 20% off free shipping with the code ROPES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code ROPES. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Now, Chris. Thank you, Manscaped. Thank you, Manscaped, very, very much. Love their product. There are two more slots to be filled in this Money in the Bank women's match. Do we get the old hands in Tamina and Natty, or are we going to kill Shotzi and test that knee? We're playing the game again, Chris. I, no, you know what? They We're have playing to, right? the they, game. They already, they already talked about the knee. They, they actually brought it up on commentary that she's had some physical setbacks or whatever, so it's definitely on the mind of some people already. So, yeah, no, I think we're getting a heat check on that knee at some point. We're getting a heat check on the knee, and Shotzi's crazy enough to do just about anything, so she's going through a ladder. Oh, my God, Chris, someone's going to die in this match. I am scared. Uh, Yeah, on the men's... Oh, and one other thing from SmackDown, this Corbin thing. I just... There are parts of it that are so ridiculously awesome and none of them have to do with Baron Corbin. <laughs> McAfee dancing while getting a pedicure made me laugh. Boogs, of course, buying the auctioned off car. And and Nakamura just Nakamura and Asuka are just having fun, and I don't think they give a crap about whatever's going on around them at this point. Uh those are kind of fun. But this is, I've lost everything, Chris. If I, don't, if I don't get any money in the bank, I've already missed a few payments on my house. I, I mean, what's, job, we, what's weird about this is he's supposed to be a heel. The, these, <laughs> this, this, these level of problems, like we brought up the big show in the strip mall last time. Because like this is not actually like the level of like characterization that WWE ever goes to with anyone else. So like when you hear about like wrestler X misses a car payment, it feels like a really weird non sequitur because largely speaking, all of these wrestlers in this WWE universe live in a world without money even. Um, so like, you know, the idea that they're all homeless and jobless. Uh, yeah, I know it, it's strange. <laughs> Corbin's going back to catering with Tupperware containers. So he can take food home. That would actually be really like, like, like the interviewer comes up and you see Corbin trying to fill up. Food. <laughs> I want, I want him backstage after the show, asking for people for a ride home. Hey, man, you go. Hey, I know you live near me. <laughs> well, are we really lift? supposed to believe that the only source of income he had was by being king? Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, it's not like he lost his job at the wrestling company. <laughs> My people they have not brought me the yearly bounty for the, from the harvest. <laughs> WWE doesn't pay me money. What the hell are you talking? You're getting paid money by these people. I'm, I'm paid in Vince bucks, which I could use at the company's store at any time. I get twenty percent off. Hold on, hold on a second here, Shinsuke. You're telling me Vince pays you in real money? He was telling me I could get twenty percent off a replica belt. What the hell's wrong with it? <laughs> I've been I've been getting an attractive package of discounts and Vince Company Starbucks. No, haven't your servants been coming up to you and giving all the gold and 
frankincense and myrrh that you're supposed to have as king <laughs> and then corbin's performance has been very weird because it's almost been sympathetic and like the the obnoxiousness of boogs in nakamura has like almost and mcafee has almost McAfee's healed them cracking yeah. on the man's hairline that's just wrong that's dirty pool, mister. I'm glad you won the genetic lottery and have a full head of hair. And I might be projecting a little bit here. <laughs> but... No, but like, okay, I-, I thought it was one of those things that like it's character killing. Even if you, it, whether he's a heel or a baby face, yes. um, you know, commenting on the fact that the guy has a very unfortunate hairline uh, does not help Baron Corbin be a better Baron Corbin. And so it's like, the... in so insofar as that that's the crime here. Yeah, no, I'm like 100% against it. It's the same as when Johnny Gargano looks at Karrion Cross and says, you can't lace up my wife's boots. And it's supposed to be emasculating, but it's not helping the character of Karrion Cross any because now two guys who we know are better wrestlers have told him he sucks. And it's like, that and, and also the fact champ. that Candice probably is a better wrestler than Karrion Cross. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like that was the other thing I was sitting there going like, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I bet Candice actually probably is a better wrestler dollars for donuts. I'd like to see that match as a matter of fact. Book it. Book it. <laughs> Book it. Why not? There I have this terrible Gargano character. Uh, anyways, rest of the main roster. The only other thing I really had is that uh, because one Karrion Cross is going to the main roster, it looks like, she is now Nikki A-S-H. That is official now, Chris. She is Nikki almost a superhero because we can't have two crosses in this company it didn't even occur to me people might get confused even though aew is like six cages and four pages in their thing and nobody has a problem with it nobody thinks christian cage and brian cage are related in any way nobody thinks hangman page and ethan page and diamond dallas page are related in any way but apparently we're too dumb to know that nikki cross may not be (laughs) related to carrie and cross even though their names are spelled differently yeah (laughs) that happens all the time i mean you you see that pretty frequently people with two completely different names or fairly different names are actually very related i mean this rhea ripley charlotte's feud continues to be one of the worst things in the world just just some this has to be tr- the worst feud of the year right like like this, yes. this is, yeah no, it's not even close this is the worst feud of the year yeah uh hmm oh there there's only one story in the men's money in the bank that i think would really now that crowds are getting back would be interesting i'm gonna lay this on you this isn't this isn't fantasy booking this isn't what i want in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. 
And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. But let me lay this out for you, Chris. Because I think there's a good chance Kofi Kingston does beat... Uh, I almost call him Bobby Lawler. Bobby Lashley. Big E wins the money in the bank. And Lashley lays out Kofi. Here comes Biggie with the briefcase. That that fascinates me. That gets me going. That gets me wanting to watch this pay-per-view. That story. Because that's the only interesting story, I think, in here. Now, unfortunately, <laughs> I think we're going to get some Jinder Mahal <laughs> stuff. Because, hey, he stole a sword. He stole a sword. <laughs> and, and is now a Highlander, apparently, is going to go for his quickening. This motorcycle is going to be part of that story. It feels like Jinder's going to get involved in this thing somehow. There's the co- chance that Corbin somehow fights away, takes out like Kevin Owens and gets into it. But to me, the only interesting story is that Big E gets this briefcase, gets born again hardcore, and then has the moral dilemma of having to cash in on Kofi because that's his best chance for a championship. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I think obviously Orton and Riddle are the red herring here. That's the story yeah. that we're that we're really interested going into this match. And so, yeah, like I, I did kind of have Biggie penciled in here, and I'm with you. I, I think that that's the most interesting storyline. I don't know if they go that route, but I would like them. To, yeah, I, w- I would like them to go that route. I just, I, I have my doubts. Chris, do you remember who won last year's Money in the Bank? Damian Sandow. Otis. You remember this? Otis won. Yeah, 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 had, yeah, yeah. All right. And then, of course, and then he, had, he had Mandy Rose as a girlfriend. He had a friend, uh, Tucker, and and then Tucker, like, hated him and sabotaged his relationship, and then Dolph Ziggler was somehow involved in all of that. Uh, yeah. Otis had a heck of a ride. 
Oh, Ray got thrown off of a building, and then Otis, Otis, got, Otis got the money in the bank taken away through legalese. <laughs> no, that's right. He like lost it in like a stupid match on SmackDown to the Miz yes, after going to court. <laughs> so anything can happen in the WWE. Oh my goodness, yeah. But everybody forgets that. I, I kind of dug that promo. But uh, anything else on the main roster? Because I just want to get out of it, to be honest with you. Um, God, uh, the main roster is just so atrocious. Do do we want to do? We are we doing the NXT next? Uh, let's do let's do the clean break of AEW and then go to NXT. Um, okay, then real quickly, all I will say is it's amazing how many times I've seen Johnny Mundo versus Ricochet on my television in recent <laughs> weeks. <laughs> oh, like, you rewatching Lucha Underground for some reason? Yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's what it feels like, and, and like, and the, the, the worst part is these are like terrible matches. Like, especially as someone who really knows Ricochet and John Morrison's workings together, because like I reviewed all of them and like went into great detail of them. These have really hurt my soul because these are the oh. most uninspired. If I had these, are not even two star matches. They're like maybe one and a half star. I have to interrupt you because because now everybody's yelling at either their phone or whatever broadcast device they're using going, really, Chris? Really? Shinsuke Nakamura and Baron Corbin have been fighting for like 15 straight weeks, Big E and Apollo Crews for like 20, and the thing you notice is that Ricochet and Johnny Mundo had a lot of matches together, huh? Yeah, no, and, and here's the thing. <laughs> here's what I would say to those people, Hawkins, those pencil neck geeks. Who are always trying to jam a lane, uh, hosting hateful things all over the place, all over the internet. And then you send them to me, and you go, "I don't read the comments," but you all send them to me. Yeah, Petty Hawkins, <laughs> Petty. Um, so here's the thing: Baron Corbin and Shinsuke Nakamura are having about as good of a match as they're gonna have. Um, and I think we all know that Ricochet is capable of having better matches than he's been having. And John Morrison, for a guy who is 40, is in phenomenal shape and is still yes. working at, at like an unreal level. And, and like I think it's kind of cool um, in the IWC right now to slag Morrison. But there are not many over 40 professionals who, who have um, been able to say at this like sustaining level that Morrison's at. He's never been a World League storyteller, but his athleticism is still very much there. His selling is still very much there. And like he's capable of having good matches with people. And like the thing that crushes me about Ricochet and Morrison is this could actually be watchable television. And instead, these guys are being told, go out there and fill time slots. Baron Corbin has five moves. Shinsuke Nakamura has been playing like the five hit singles of his career since he's been in WWE. I don't expect transcendental work from either of those guys. <laughs> Morrison's interesting. Uh, again, kind of know him uh, socially a little bit. Because he was always projected as cool with all these moves and things and the body and the workout and things like that. But now he's <laughs> now he's an absolute dork and it's weird that he's doing some of the best character work. I was saying being this dork playing against type doing bad, <laughs> bad water puns for <laughs> so long. And you're just like, 
really, this is the way you've chosen to do your latter stage career. And you you kind of respect it a bit when you know you're not going to be the big star, but you're trying to get some sort of some sort of character hook in there to give you more longevity. So he's picked up on this Johnny drip drip dumb thing. I don't know what to make of it, to be honest with you. No, it's like really, it's actually pretty bad. Uh, the, the one thing that I like is that I don't know if he, I don't know if he realizes this. I must, I, I'm going to give him credit that he does, but he has latched onto the word moist, which I have actually like <laughs> read stuff on. That is a word that pulls horrible yes. among English yes. speakers. Like uh, it, it's, it's, it's routinely people's like one of their least favorite words. Moist. And he looked at that and said, I'm going to get that over. I'm gonna. Get... <laughs> and, and, I'm bringing it like, back. I kind of, I kind of like admire that he saw that he's like moist is a tremendous opportunity to get some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like, some, all right, there's some all right. growth potential. There's some growth potential here. This is a building block for moist. Uh, so before we go into AEW and NXT, give a shout out to our second sponsor this week, MyBookie.ag. In the world of sports, the offseason is a time to relax and regroup after a hard-fought season, much like the Tampa Bay Lightning, who who struck down, who smote those Canadians, are, are doing right now. But playing with MyBookie gives you the choice to decide when your season begins and ends. At MyBookie AG, you can bet on hundreds of games and leagues from around the world. Whether it's a game day parlay or a long shot winner, MyBookie's got you covered. If you're looking for something to bet on, we get this out on time. Look no further than UFC 264 and the highly anticipated rematch between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. My God, if Poirier stands with McGregor, he's an idiot. Go choke him out. Anyways, McGregor is currently listed as an underdog in the fight and bets on Poirier to win by knockout would pay nearly 2-1. to one. Don't do knockouts. Regardless of whether you're backing Poirier or McGregor this weekend, take advantage of pre-fight props or bet the matches live to shift the odds in your favor and come out on top. Sign up today with my booking. Use the promo code ROPES, R-O-P-E-S. You'll receive up to $1,000 in bonus money and make your and when you make your first deposit. That's 1000 bucks, a grand, a K, an extra cash when you make your first deposit with MyBookie using the code ROPES. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Now, Chris, we'll talk long-term storytelling and when you should tell people not to do it. Example, Tommy End is now Malachi Black, but not only that, he has decided in what I think at first, when you first hear it is an idea that you go, no, that's genius, keep it. And then the, you let it give it time to think or time to rest. And you go, no, you should not do that. He has decided to maintain his sports entertainment continuity with the, with the Seth Rollins trying to take his eye out story. And is now wearing makeup and is not Tommy end, but instead Malachi black. Now, the one way this could work, if, if Buddy Murphy is on his way into this Fed and they're going to do some sort of continuity with that, maybe it works. Maybe. But I think people wanted to see Tommy end. I think people wanted to see a clean break from WWE. I, I think. And well, also, I mean, I, like, what does it say? I mean, broadly, sorry to cut you off here, but like, what does no, it say ahead, about AEW's presentation that their immediate impulse is to grab onto the WWE character and build onto it? I, I mean, the problem with like, the Mal- Malachi Black, even keeping the last name of Black, um, it, it basically says we thought that WWE was largely on the right track with this character. 
which is not an impression that I have gotten from WWE's presentation of him over the last year and a half. I will ask, but my bet is that this was his idea. <clears throat> We're going to give you creative freedom, Tommy. And what would you like to do? Oh, I think it'd be cool if I kept all the continuity from my old character and brought it over to this one. And that way people wouldn't be confused as to who I am or whatever. I, I just think this is a misstep. I think people would have loved to have seen born again, hardcore Tommy end coming in here, kicking fools in the face. I thought the Arn, uh, Cody thing was done pretty well by setting it up with the lights out in the bull rope match saying, Hey, it's because of the weather, which is believable. And then doing it. Then I thought the introduction was great. The only thing that was clunky was Excalibur on the mic going, Hey, I fought Tommy end. This isn't Tommy end. This is Malachi black. And you're just like, all right, there are easier ways to get there than, than that shoehorn you just used to get that name on commentary right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that that was also a bit of a force here too. Um, yeah, I I liked using the blackout. I thought the the blackout stuff was really effective. Um, I, I think the other thing too, man, is the eye makeup was really gimmicky. It looked really yeah. bad. I, I mean, this is it's not the Kenny Omega Sparklers match level of bad. Um, nor is it the Chris Jericho crash pad match oh, level I'll, I'll of bad. You, I'll, I'll give you makeup ones that are, that are levels of bad. Okay. Great is Eric Bischoff as, as the, as the, uh, pastor doing, doing the, 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 the wedding where he was fooling people in the back. Allegedly. I don't know if that's true or not, but that was a damn good reveal. The worst makeup I've ever seen is... <laughs> If you remember the Horsemen Midnight Express feud when the when Tully and Arn were on their way out of the NWA and they attack Bobby Eaton and they rub his face in the ground and he comes on TV and it looks like he has like a splotch of raspberry jam on his face. <laughs> I, I went, <laughs> or a red marker. A marathon of all the old Midnight Expresses and I saw that one like not that long ago. Yeah, no, that, that shit's really funny. And and Cornette's trying to put this over hard, man. He's he's in there going, look at what they did to beautiful Bobby's face. They <laughs> just go, why don't you just grab something and wipe that crap off, Jim? Jeez. But it's it's not quite that bad. But it's it's on the lower end of the spectrum, in my opinion. Unless the eye heals and then he becomes Tommy End. I mean, this sometime. is the other thing. I just could not imagine Malachi Black wrestling every single match with this goofy-looking eye black. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna run down his face like Giuliani. Yeah, yeah, no, right. He's gonna yeah look like yeah Giuliani with the hair dye just rolling out. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like women. When women are female wrestlers wear too much mascara or something and they get sweaty and it starts to drip. And no, it, no, no, I don't want that. <laughs> or like Darby Allen, when he gets in a headlock and half his face comes off on like Ethan Page's chest or something. I, I just, I don't know. Overall though, this road rager show pretty darn good. I thought, I, I thought, you know, all the matches were great. The MJF, uh, Jericho thing once they got that dumbass fan out of the ring who I don't know did you see that guy's tweet where he said I did it for you Coronet no Cornette no I, I didn't see oh. the guy was like, I, I didn't see oh, the guy was he, like he was I did like, it for you 
Cornette's yeah, going to reject the shit out of that. Oh, though. Cornette I, I, did reject him. Cornette said, you're an idiot. Stop this and stop listening to me. You're blocked. So good on him. We we rail on Cornette sometimes. Cornette did the right thing here. Uh, the six well, man Cornette, I thought was good. Like, earnestly loves the business, even if he doesn't yes. like this comp doesn't like AEW the company. I I mean I I, I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me in the slightest because at the end of the day, Cornette, whether you agree with his way of protecting the business or not, is earnestly in this to protect the business. He cares about the well-being and the longevity of the wrestling industry. And fans trying to insert themselves into the presentation does not do it. And I think we're also like in, I mean, here's the other thing. We want to put the kibosh on this shit because we're in this weird era where like people like to think of themselves as the victim, even when they do a situation that they completely put themselves in and like, it's really their fault. And you could totally see Goofus Magoo here going, wow, I was assaulted by Chris Jericho. Uh, Hold on. Is that, is that, is that Scrubzo Magoo's brother? Yeah, Goofus, Goofus is a fan. <laughs> Scrubzo wrestles. Goofus hangs out there and cheers on his brother. His brother never wins. And it's like actually it's kind of upsetting, honestly. It's sad because you see Goofus out there crying every time Scrubzo gets annihilated. Well, well that's why he jumps the rail. You're you're he, he he jumps the rail because he's upset the, the family. Yeah, your tea's done. You better go get that water. <laughs> uh th- th- there's also they're not just the victim thing, but everybody wants to be part of the show. Everybody, oh man, I'm gonna be a star. I'm gonna be on TV. You see me? I, I streaked the Super Bowl. Oh, I'm gonna be on YouTube. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna do this. Yeah. And the problem with a the problem with wrestling too is we are a very let's share clips online type of community. Mm-hmm. So that creates. I mean, and we're not gonna. That's not gonna change about us. That's like who we are. Um, but that creates a real motivation for the Looney Tunes of the world to be like. Well, I want to have my clip get shared on Twitter. I want to be a Twitter star too. I want to have my moment in the sun. Uh, yeah, it's it's not a good thing. And of course, those won't be the ones that get copyright strikes. It'll. Be... <laughs> Although that'd be funny. Hey, look, I got arrested. I got put on. T- oh, I can't show anybody when I. No, no, I I'll get a copyright this. strike when I try to teach someone how to play "Carry On My Wayward Son" by Kansas or something like that. But that won't get a copyright strike. <laughs> Anything else from AEW you wanted to bring up? Um, Ethan Page and Darby Allen, like something's not clicking with me with this feud. Um, I I don't know where you're at on, and I was kind of interested on you. Like, I feel like Ethan Page's character is really muddied by the whole family man stuff. And when like Darby's like, you want to have a family and like trying to present that as <laughs> yeah. like a negative thing. I was kind of like, no, no, you're right, Darby. I'm sorry you went off. He should have been a social weirdo like you, Darby, like go- <laughs> going out and shooting black and white skate videos in the Sahara Desert. Yeah, no, like, like that's the normal thing that people do. I'm sorry you went out, were responsible, got married, decided to have a family. I was jumping off tall things on my I didn't want to be a conformo pig like you, Ethan Page. Like You're, <laughs> you're contributing global warming with those bratty-ass kids of yours. I'm out here loving the land by skateboarding it. <laughs> No, it's just, it's like not relatable. Like I, I mean, I like we like that Darby's this weird eccentric or whatever, and and like it's, it's relatable but, but, to people yeah. that aren't gonna be. Yeah, it's relatable to people that aren't gonna be either long term wrestling fans, or it's not a wide swath of people. It's that specific kind of 
kind of way too dialed into Twitter wrestling fan. Yeah, go also, back to your suburbs, Ethan Page. Go back to your lawns and your pools, Ethan Page. Your but, yeah, family no. barbecues and stuff like that. I'm living in the city, and I'm getting all my I I have all my efficiency. politics from Reddit. <laughs> Pardon me, well, I put on the Young Turks real quick. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, that, that, that's the disconnect. That's the exact disconnect. It's like, I get the, I hate you, and I brought you into this business, and I'm trying to find, it's like, yeah, not my fault you decided to sell out. You big yeah, sell I, no, out, so sell like, out, the, the sell out. here should have been, like, Ethan, no, you. what Darby should have been saying is, Ethan, you say that you worked really hard, and you say that I cut the line in front of you, but here's the reality. Like, and he sort of did this like wrestling was the priority for me thing, but there's a way of doing this a little bit differently in spinning Ethan. We had this opportunity, and when I was like, yeah, I'm going to go over there, you're like, mm, I want to go and do this thing. I want to do my own personal life. You say that you've been cut in line. You say you put your heart and soul into this, except time and again, there have been all these inflection points over the last decade where wrestling has come second or third to you. And for me, wrestling has always come first. So you haven't been screwed out of anything. You made some choices, and those choices had trade-offs, like, and you need to deal with it. Um, but, but like... The problem with Darby that I that I really see here long term is that he is not a strong enough promo. And so when he is up against heels who are actually good promos and Paige is not a bad one at all, um, he gets outclassed and he's not able to make those little adjustments to help elevate the heels story and elevate his own story. He's only able to stand there and look cool. I'll give you another one because this might be borderline the Gargano cross type of stuff that's going on. But if he had taken the, the, the tact of, well, well, Ethan, I was taking it seriously while you were making videos with karate man and your action figures and trying to be a social media guy instead of concentrating on being a wrestler or something. Like that. I mean, that might be a little bit too fourth wall breaking. I, but, I think that, I, that I, might be a little too far, but like, the idea that Paige is claiming that he's really into wrestling, but in reality is really into all the accoutrement of wrestling, like having he likes the a lifestyle. He yeah, likes you the like lifestyle. the lifestyle, bro. Like you're a lifestyle guy. You're not. You like the wrestler lifestyle. Like the thing you like the least, Ethan, is the part where you're inside those four ropes or those three ropes, and I'm going to make you really hate it. Come this next pay per view, you see kids standing outside the gas station, and you want to carny them. I want to go skateboard with them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy them cigarettes and then hang out out back skateboarding with them. You'll take their money and you'll buy yourself beer and you won't <laughs> But I'll actually get them their smokes in a 40. Yeah, I'll get them the Marlboro hard pack. And Here you go, uh, guys. Here's some Mickeys. Are you the coolest dude ever? <laughs> Here's your Swishers. Um... <laughs> NXT UK had one thing that stood out to me and I wanted to choke somebody after it. And that is this Nathan Frazier, Kenny Williams match. Again, it goes to storytelling. And sometime in the mid nineties, when we got into the Monday night wars, maybe a little bit before on raw, when we started having the TL hoppers and the Duke, the dumpster Drozies, 
And the guys who were actually enhancement talent, but you gave them some character life. So they weren't really complete anonymous guys. We stopped having enhancement matches that built up characters. And so heels don't get wrestler credibility. Now that's not to say that heels always did enhancement matches straight. There was a little hair pulling from time to time, but it was to build up their credibility that they had actual in-ring skills that they could win without yeah, the gam- the gambler uh my, my, one of my favorite uh old-time yes, jobber oh yeah, the gambler is great classical director but the gambler yes he worked dirty but he also had just like a, a phase of the match where he's just wrestling a straight match yes the problem with this kenny williams nathan frazier thing is Again, do we want to build stars here? Do we want to build young up-and-coming stars that we all want to root for? Yes, Kenny Williams pulled a Yano, took off the turnbuckle thing, and hit Nathan Frazier with it, got the pin. But that is, that's a, for a higher, that's for later on down the line. That's when you've built up the feud and you're having a match for something important and he cheats the guy out of it. It's not to start the feud and then go 50-50 for three more matches before you make something a ladder match or something. It, it's, it was absolutely ridiculous, and I could not believe. Because that, to me, is him cleaning, clean, clean pin. It's a clean pin, pretty much. It's not – there was no stakes involved in it whatsoever. It's just to build this terrible Kenny Williams character who has, who's been around forever when Nathan Frazier is a star. That's a guy that they want to take care of. That's a guy that they put the Seth Rollins backstory on because he trained with Seth Rollins. They gave him these video vignettes. At you got to take care of Kenny him. Williams character right now is a weak version of Jordan Devlin. It's Jordan. Miz. Yeah, it's somewhere in between those two. It's like Devlin plus the Miz. Clean shaven, in good shape, fights dirty. Um, yeah, no, because Devlin's actually more interesting because he's got an intensity thing. Williams and Devin like, has skills. Devin has skills. Yeah, yeah, Devlin, yeah Devlin's Kenny got real. Yeah, no. is, Kenny Williams is okay, but he's he's the he's the honky tonk man, Miz type, who's gonna flake out of every type of win. Yeah, I, I, I will say compared to those two guys, Williams' best attribute is his athleticism and his selling mm-hmm. and stuff. Like that will work really well with this character. But like he is a total non-entity. 205 live champion at best type of character like that is that Williams is not he's not a guy you can build up even to a main event with Walter like you could with Jordan Devlin Williams is whereas to your point Nathan Frazier absolutely is a person you could build to a quality showing match against a Walter and 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 to that point I'll go further Nathan Frazier is the person who should be getting built right now to that quality enhancement match with with Walter and as such the idea that he's not just blowing past Kenny Williams really is offensive yeah who are your guys now that you're building up to take out Walter because this is a real problem on a number of rosters. Like, I don't know who you're building up to take out Roman Reigns at this point. Because I don't think there is any baby face that can take out Roman Reigns. And Adam Page is not the guy who's taking out Kenny Omega. And so, like, that begs a question over there oh. on AEW. Oh, okay. Oh, you think you think Page you think Page is? <laughs> I you think, think he Page- is. I, I, I think. I, well, I don't. Well, okay. Let me let me backtrack. I don't know if he's getting built up this time to take out omega eventually yes but i don't think he's taking him out right now 
that's a possibility. I, I don't think right now. I, I'm, I'm going to, but I do think Paige is eventually the guy that's going to take out Omega. He, he is, I'll put it to you this way. AEW does have a very clear baby. Like we saw the live audience cheering Cowboy shit this week. They're ready for him. Um, this live audience is into Dark Order. However, I tend to think that Paige, so long as he's associated with Dark Order, even though I like the Paige Dark Order thing, it's like, I would, I would say that that's not what I would expect the world champion to be associated with. But then again, I've been watching Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks have a self-indulgent fart fest for the last like six months here. So, you know. I also half expect him to lose and then turn on the Dark Order and join Kenny and the Bucks and then the Elite's back again. And then we're just like, well, what the... Uh, ah! <laughs> I mean, like, that's that's the problem. I, and I mean, the, the, this heat. continues... Everybody has to have heat. Everybody has to have heat. It's just... Ah. Go ahead. This is the problem. And, and so if it's not if it's not Paige, then you get back to Cassidy or Darby Allen, and neither of those two guys feel, like, quite ready to knock off Kenny Omega, or we have already had a world title match with, or Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy would be the other one, but your top four baby faces in AEW right now have all been heated and cooled multiple times. And then your boy, Joseph Connor, all over this Ginny promo. I just, I'm, uh, cannot believe it. Why? Bailey gets knocked out for nine months, but we still have to deal with Slapjack and Joseph Connor. What, what is going Where on? Where is Slapjack? They've been, stif- <laughs> they've been stifling him. They've been jacking it up. Uh, cut yeah, for it, time. It, he was cut for time a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Still it's, there. It's, it's upsetting. It's upsetting. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm ready for... You know what? He's going to be helping Baron Corbin pack the stuff in the Tupperware back in catering. And nothing would be better than the non sequitur of Slapjack being added into the Rick Boogs, Shinsuke Nakamura. Dan, so you have Nakamura, Boogs, and Slapjack. And then... Prince Slapjack. Prince Slappy. Of the... <laughs> no, Sir Slapjack. He's a knight. Sir Slapjack. He's a knight. But he, he's like the Black Knight in Python's Holy Grail, where he just gets killed. Ah, I'm good. Tis only a flesh wound. Tis only a flesh And then Jinder comes out and throws the sword. <laughs> he goes, my king! <laughs> Some woman from a lake? Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, and we'll end it with NXT Great American Bash. Mostly a fun card. Uh, interesting crowd reactions, I thought. I, um... It was interesting to hear MSK get booed. Obviously, Tim Thatcher and, and Tommaso Ciampa, the the sentimental favorites, but there's no way they should have won that match um, unless you're going to turn MSK heel, and I don't think you need any more heels. And I thought that this was a really great opportunity to start setting the seeds to turn MSK heel. Like I, I was very surprised that they didn't realize that they were going to get this reaction because, yes, people love Ciampa, and Ciampa and Thatcher had a bonding, friendship-making feud um, here. Their known quantities in MSK have... I, I know WWE doesn't look at this, but, like, they've had really annoying and, and certainly not, like, emotionally attaching promos here over the last several months. They've not been heelish, but they've also... None of them have set the world on fire. At no point have people been, like, buzzing over MSK. People like us 
think that they're a perfectly respectable, good young tag team. But like character-wise, they offer nothing. I couldn't tell you. I can't tell you Nash Carter from Wesley personality-wise. They're the same guy to me. Um, it, like there's no actual personality difference between those two. Um, and so, yeah. I, I mean, I I would have actually started turning them here. This was a contrarian crowd, though. I mean, this was this was almost <laughs> this is almost you wanted to empty out the. Capital Wrestling Center and put in a new crowd type of contrarian because they were booing Kyle O'Reilly. They were, <laughs> you know, that kind of crew where it's like they're not even I playing mean, along. Okay, but, but is the other part of this that WWE has been operating in a bubble so much yes. for the last year yes. and a half that they don't realize that some of these characters actually suck? Cool Kyle <laughs> is not cool. MSK is not cool. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, is is Hit Row cool? Ooh, I know I a lot go... of people love this. A lot of people okay, love right. this. So, so I liked I go, it. I go I back liked and it a forth. Lot. Um, the rapping was top notch. Um, I yes. actually, I, yeah, no, I, I mean, and doing that live, um, particularly, this is the part that, like, as a performer, that really stuck out to me. The part where they're walking to the ring. And B is still keeping the verse and everything going as she's going through all of her blocking and everything. Like, that's not easy. Yes. That stuff is not easy. And, and like, that segment was, I mean, Top Dollar was really good um, in, in his delivery. Um, I thought Swerve was really good in his delivery. I thought B was good, like, when she was doing her verses or what. I mean, like, look, all of that in terms of the music and that part of it, as as good as anything I have seen on wrestling television in five years. Now, as an in-ring act, this to me remains the big question mark. Is Swerve really that interesting of a wrestler in the ring? And I'm saying this is a guy who's watched a lot of Killshot back in the day. Killshot was great. Killshot yeah. was freaking great. And it was a great character also. Um well, I, which me, iteration? Because they went through it went through several different iterations. But yeah, like uh, the part where he was fighting with AR Fox, like AR Fox, cool. yeah, the AR yeah. Fox feud, and and I I saw that match live, and that thing, <laughs> that thing was brutal. Uh, yeah. The, the okay, so we we got through the tag team title match. The was the women's tag title next, or was it uh, something else? Do you have the lineup on you by chance? Let me get it up. I, I want full screen. Well, while you do, I'll just go into the women's tag title match. If we had to go somewhere else, it did. Sure. Not not fantastic. Uh, Zoe Stark and Io Shirai are a fun team, I think, to watch for me. I like watching them. I just hated. I hated the Tegan Knox return. Doing a return in the middle of a match. Lights. If, if lights go out during a match, you call it off for 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 performer safety quote-unquote to me in story it, it should never and then just and then the usual WWE yeah the, re the ref should stop the match right the ref should yes. stop the match and do a reset like move them both to their respective corners and and then restart the action um i i like i earnestly do not like the idea that officiating goes out the window because the lights go down right and 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 that's true in AEW too, and it's really a thing that I'd love to see, like kind of the industry take a second thought on. Like, no, the ref should reset 
a blackout. Um, not every distraction finish or whatever needs to be reset by the ref, but like there should be times in an effort to protect the officiating that the referee does do things like stop, stop, stop. All right, there's too much crap going on here. And, and then send Tegan. Not, I mean, the other thing is she should be scolding Knox to go to the back. Whether it's a baby face or a heel, the referee should now be focused on saying, hey, you, you don't need to be out here right now. Get out of here. And if that leads to the heel getting advantage on the baby face, that makes some sense too. But like the, the effort should still be made by the referee to try to contain order here. Yeah, I, I agree. And I just, you know, Candice, highly focused championship wrestler. Oh, you know, just staring at Tegan. And it just, it was just, I didn't like also the 99 percent felt totally unearned right like like we didn't see yeah. like 20 percent five weeks ago and then 40 percent uh we did ago. we did we did as it was going it was during commercial breaks it would just kind of pop up a little bit a little bit a little bit here little oh okay bit. well yeah I, I, I that that would be why it, it, you it were was fast forwarding through it <laughs> we did it's, i can't i can't get on board with you on that point chris no okay that's fine I, i'm fine being fact checked on that one i just <laughs> power through these shows i reveal yeah, no i i understand that no um i think we've had i think this this statistic is right we've had five nxt women's tag team matches for the titles and the titles have changed four hand four times now out of those five matches really playing hot potato with these should be the women's tag titles if you want to keep them on nxt for a while keep them on nxt Sorry, these belts are just not going to mean anything. No, 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 no. I, I mean, and uh, sadly, like, look, um, it's not like everyone who's been associated with these re- these belts are bad wrestlers either. It's just the work level of the matches um, have not been, like, elevated to make this a prestigious title. Um, the match has been perfectly fine. Every single one of them has been perfectly fine, but none of them have been great. Um, this is not going to be like DIY when they were the tag team champions or anything like that. Um, it's unfortunate, but like th- this company just simply does not put stock into that stuff like that. Cameron Grimes and LA Knight for the million dollar title. Cameron Grimes was so fantastic in this match. LA Knight was no slouch. I won't say he was excellent, but he was perfectly competent in this he match. He was not bad in this match. Remember, no, I, he was I, not. I, I've been down on LA Knight, but LA Knight A lot was of people ab- have been down on LA Knight. If you listen to, like, the, the flagship or other shows, they, I mean, purist work, Meltzer is down on LA Knight. I'm just like, he is perfectly competent in the ring. I have he no issue. He does definitely suffer from rock mannerisms, and I'm talking about, like, the yes. boots and stuff. Like, there, there are certain things that he does where it's like, Dude, bro, like you, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but you clearly learned wrestling by watching Austin and The Rock. Like, like yeah. it's, it's the most clear thing in the world that the two dudes that you've watched the most matches of are those guys, because that's how you work. Uh, or it's baked deep into your childhood DNA, and you've never fully been able to escape it. Uh, but um, other than that, dude, Knight showed up and worked his ass off. I thought this was mm-hmm. a good match from him, and I've seen him. I think I think Knight can be good. I think Eli Drake can be good. Um, I think he's a good promo, and I think that he can have success in this company given his skill set. The finish needed uh, needed some. It had a lot of moving parts, and they hit it. That's what shocked me. The belt had to be there for him to hit the DDT, and it was in the right spot at the right time. Probably a hand underneath the ring 
putting it in there, <laughs> making it sure, because we've seen that happen. Uh, God, where was that? That was, uh, oh, that was the McIntyre Lashley Hell in a Cell, where they're moving table parts from under the ring. Uh, but yeah, perfectly good. Uh, what was after that? There was another. Oh, the match the only thing I want to say on that is I thought the DDT on the belt and commentary trying to put that off like it was like illegal or like not okay, um, was was silly because it's like you can you know you can DDT someone on the outside or whatever. Like, like there's nothing illegal about DDTing someone onto a belt outside the ring. They should have made that. Oh, what a fortunate turn of events for LA Knight that the belt was right there where he DDT'd him as opposed to being all up. I mean, Vic could have been up in arms of, hey, the belt wouldn't have been there if he hadn't have tried to use it in the first place type of thing. But really, that's where Barrett should have been going. What what great luck for LA Knight type of thing. Really play up the heel part of it. Yeah, and I think that Wade Barrett highlighting the good fortune of LA Knight could have been juxtaposed by Vic going, he had the belt. The whole reason the belt is there in the first place is because LA Knight was trying to cheat. And then that's a much more sort of graceful way of explaining that spot that is not illegal, but is wrong in the sense that it would have only, it only happened because LA Knight was trying to do illegal things. So essentially, even though an illegal thing didn't occur, a wrong thing and an injustice occurred because of attempted illegalities inside the course of the match. And then I think finally there wasn't anything else other than the main event, right? Or was there, what was, yeah, no, I, I don't think, I don't think we have anything other than the main okay. event. Yeah. And this was, I, what was the point of this Kyle O'Reilly story then? That's my question. Because now, Adam I mean, like, the match was not bad, but yes, I'm with you. Like, why am I in this match? Me? Like, why am I watching this? It's like, why yes. I care about this? Like, like, you know, like, is it he's finally fixing the wrongs of the undisputed era? And, like, that doesn't feel satisfying in any way, shape, or form, especially with Roderick Strong in the diamond mine now, having moved on with his life. Like, Strong, in a weird way, moving on makes O'Reilly still hanging on to this Adam Cole feud weirdly unsympathetic because mm-hmm. Strong was just like, well, Undisputed Era is like in, in my rearview mirror. Fish is like, I have unfinished business, but I'm settling scores and moving on. Meanwhile, Kyle O'Reilly's like, it will not be over until I crush my former friend. And then he gets beat clean as a sheet. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the other uh, big problem. It'd be one thing, too, if during this, O'Reilly kept beating Adam Cole, and Adam Cole kept coming back with more and more dastardly yeah. things and kept trying to force the issue to make him fight him. And basically, you can't ignore me, Kyle. I will make it so that you can't ignore me. But, like, when Cole wins, that really takes all the steam out of that, too. Like, I, I just, I mean, it's not like they had a bad match. It's that they're telling a bad story yes. and a match can't be great if the story isn't good, at least. Agreed. Uh, internet's going a little wonky, so let's end it there. You can listen, or you can follow me on Twitter at CrapGame13. You can follow Chris at DWATG. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. We were brought to you this week by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROPES and my bookie. Get up to $1,000 matched on your first deposit using the code ROPES. We thank them for their sponsorship. 
You can also watch the show if you want to. And if I get this edited correctly on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel, we're on all your podcasting platforms, Stitcher, Google Play, if that still exists, Apple. Feel free to give us a good rating. If you're going to give us a bad rating, just move on with your life. Uh, Chris also does another podcast, has a Patreon called Don't Worry About the Government. Yes, don'tworry.tv is currently down. I'm trying to figure out what's up with the webpage. Uh, I ran into some snafus over there. So if you want to check out new episodes of Don't Worry About the Government, please do so by going over to patreon.com slash DWATG because this week's show will be up there before it hits feeds because I got to figure out this WordPress website thing here. Big fun. Um, so, so go over to patreon.com slash DWATG to check out the newest episode. If you want to send questions for the ask us anything feel free to slip into my dms and send me a question that's at crap game 13 they are open i do read them i do generally ask whatever you ask so until next week we'll see you later